Welcome to the May 31st, 2002 podcast of Wisdom Today. Hello, my name is Bill Kelly. I'll be your host today. Today we'll be going over Proverb 31. But before we begin, let's open in prayer. Father God, thank you for everyone listening to this podcast today. Lord, I pray that you give them ears to hear and a heart to receive what you have in store for them today. Lord, I pray that you would give them the revelation of how much Jesus loves them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Proverbs 31, beginning in verse 1. The words of King Lemuel, the utterance which his mother taught him. What, my son, and what, son of my womb, and what, son of my vows? Do not give your strength to women, nor your ways to that which destroys kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes intoxicating drink, lest they drink and forget the law, and pervert the justice of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to him who is perishing, and wine to those who are bitter of heart. Let him drink and forget his poverty, and remember his misery no more. Open your mouth for the speechless in the cause of all who are appointed to die. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and needy. Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts her, so he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all of the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. She is like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and a portion for her maid servants. She considers a field and buys it. From her profits, she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff and her hand holds the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household is clothed with scarlet. She makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes for the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is passing. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. 
Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. Okay, guys, we are in for a treat. I have a special guest here today, John Fant, and many of you, if you were in the production or if you saw the production of David about three weeks ago at Karis Bible College, you know him as Raiti because he was on the stage as God himself. It is such an honor to have him today. (laughs) You know, John, I'd like to start with a real simple question. Sure. You know, many people would like to know about you. If you would just briefly give us a glimpse of your childhood and growing up. Sure. So I grew up Roman Catholic. I grew up in the northeast uh, part of the United States, only child of my mother and father, and they were both Catholic. So I was raised in a traditional Catholic Christian home. Uh, so if people understand what I'm saying, they know exactly what I mean. Walked a very fine line. My father was also a uh, veteran career Marine, and being an only child, I just had a very fine line to walk throughout my life. So my mother taught in the local Catholic school. Uh, in our neighborhood. So we were very involved in the church uh, and highly visible uh, in our community because everybody knew my mother as a teacher. So we were kind of identified, you know, as being part of the, not so much leadership of the church, but part of the leadership in the community around us. Went to Catholic grade school, high school, and college in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, But all that being said, I always had a very close, personal, and intimate relationship with God on my own. Um, Not sure how that started or if it was just my personality, but uh, from a very early age, I would speak with God. Uh, I believed in Jesus and what I had been taught in the Catholic Church. And there's a lot of truth that's taught in the church. Uh, There's a lot of truth that's taught in all different types of churches, but bringing it all together to the truth of what Christianity really is and what Jesus came to really do. Um, They didn't know a whole lot about that, but I needed to know about it. So I would have this relationship very much like the part I played, uh, Ezra Iti, in the David play, where I was always talking to Father, and he was always talking to me, and I always knew that there was something that I was missing in what I was being taught or exposed to as a child uh, and was looking for it. I was a seeker from as long as I can remember, and a teacher of truth, or I was always interested in what is the truth in this situation uh, so that I can make sure that that is what is defining my life. So that's how I grew up. I ended up with a finance degree and started out my life in the corporate world uh, in insurance, actually, as an underwriter and have held many, many different types of positions uh, really in my search for truth because I wanted to know really what makes this life unique, what makes it tick. Why, Lord, did you put me here? Why did you create the world the way that you did Uh, Why do I see people running in so many different directions, most of them not fulfilled or content with what they are doing, not understanding who he is? And, And Bill, for whatever reason, I just had a revelation of his love for me. Uh, And 
as I approached and communicated and had a relationship with him, it was always in the light of that. I always joke, and you probably know this, even Andrew knows me as John the Beloved. That's how I introduce myself. That's how I have always seen myself. Um, and my perspective of life has always been through the lens of God's love for me. I didn't understand it all, and I've gotten to understand it more throughout the years. And I feel like I have a pretty good grasp and revelation of his love for me. Um, and that's really what marks, if you can call it a ministry, but marks my life is revealing the love of God in what he did in Christ to people so that they understand why Christianity is the thing, not just a thing. Wow, that's that's really deep. Um, you know, I have been saved since 1995 and, you know, have been living with God for 26, 27 years now. And you are one of the deepest people I've ever seen. You know, I, I the way I envision the Christian life is kind of like being in education. There are people in preschool and middle school and high school, yeah. and then some people start college. And John, you're one of the few people who have a doctoral degree as far as Christianity <laughs> goes. And my, my, my feeling to you, the question I really have is how do you feel that the Spirit is leading and guiding you as to why did you come to Kiris? Because to me, it's a mm. fascinating story. Please share that with us. So let me say this first. If I have a doctoral degree, it's only because of the relational experience I've had with God, or my, that personal intimacy that we've shared, uh, and being baptized in the Holy Spirit and speaking as the Spirit gives me utterance, what people call other tongues, really opened up revelation or the rhema of the scriptures to me. I've read the Bible for ever since I was a little kid, uh, but didn't really understand it, never tied it all together. And honestly, it only became tied together for me um, since 2002, but really in the last four and a half years where I could actually come to somebody that didn't know Christ and explain to them why he came, what he came to do. Uh, and I was not really able to explain that with all of the years of ministry that I was involved in, all the different churches uh, churches I belonged to. Um, but that changed my life four years ago. How I ended up here, uh, I was pastoring in Alabama. I was executive pastor at Life of Faith Church in Birmingham, probably the premier pioneering grace church uh, maybe in the state of Alabama, but certainly in you know their their, their Birmingham area, and uh, came there about five June will be five years ago, and for the last two years I operated as the executive pastor there. Before that, as really kind of the discipleship minister there, started small groups there. I'm a teacher. Um, my pastor called me last May. I was getting done wrapping up things at the church. And he had a word from the Lord that I was supposed to be in Colorado. Now, I did not have that word, um, but I know my pastor hears from the Lord. I had had a prior experience in my life where I left a state, my home, and packed up my family, and we went to the state of Texas to help plant a church there. 
was a very godly ministerial thing to do for somebody that had been trained in, at that point, two different Bible schools. Um, but God really wasn't in that. And what I mean by that is he hadn't called me to do it. I didn't even know to ask him. I didn't know to seek him. All I knew was I had this inside of me. I knew he wanted me to share it with people. So I just looked for opportunities to do that, but I hadn't involved him. I didn't even know he wanted to be involved uh, in determining how I did that and where I did that. So having that experience in me, and it wasn't a good experience because, again, it wasn't his desire for me to do that. And even though I'm blessed wherever I go, and I was blessed there, if it's not what he's asked you to do, it's not going to work out, even if you're blessed. You can be blessed in the middle of something that's not working out, and that's how it was. So the Lord, the Lord gives my pastor a word in May, and it was eight or nine people later in August to, uh, actually it was the Tuesday before school started in the fall here at Karis that I got confirmation. And it was a supernatural piece when I say confirmation. I wasn't persuaded or convinced because eight or nine people finally had said this to me. I, the Lord knew I needed to know that it was him. If I knew it was him, I would do anything he asked me to do. I knew that. He knew that. Why it took that long, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. But I had the peace that day, the Tuesday before school started. I started remotely. Uh, that day, I applied and got accepted and started packing. Three weeks later, I was here. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of how I ended up here. You know, John, you bring up a good point, and, you know, I'll just reflect on the last four years of my life. I had been a teacher, and like I said, I was saved way back in 95, and yet I sit there, upon coming to Karis now, I sit there and look at the last four years of my life, and I was a special education teacher, and I was living life with these two scriptures in mind, that Matthew 6.33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart mm. and lean not yeah. on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. And yet, until I got to Karis, I did not realize I still was walking in the flesh. And even though I wasn't wanting to walk in the flesh, I still yeah. was walking in the flesh. And only until about four months ago, I first started getting to Karis, has my new verse changed to Romans 8, 6, to be carnally minded is death, but to <laughs> yeah. be spiritually minded is life and yeah. peace. And ever since I have been following the leading of the Spirit and walking in the Spirit, only until you get that revelation can you truly begin to realize the love that Jesus has for us. My question for you is, behind every great man is a great woman, and I know you've recently gotten married. Please yes. share that experience with us, how you met her, and how special she is to you right now. Yeah, so my wife is Sherry. She's an amazing, amazing woman of God. We got married last May, so we're coming up on a year. Uh, the Karis Bible School in Alabama was actually in the church that I was helping to pastor, and she did her first two years there. We got acquainted at the church. I was running the discipleship ministries, and 
starting actually small groups at the church that they really had not had a system of small groups. And uh, Sherry had come to me one day, I guess about three and a half years ago, wanting to start a singles group. Uh, She had been divorced. I had been divorced. Uh, Was in a 26-year marriage that just, you know, the short of it is it just didn't work. And I didn't want it to not work, but I didn't have a say in that and found myself divorced. So anyway, I'm at the church. We kind of become friends. We're working together with the singles group and small groups. We become best friends. We're best friends for about three years and had no intention of getting married, didn't want to get married again, Uh, didn't want to go through what I had gone through with my heart being broken at that point. Um, But the Lord had another plan. The Lord actually had given Sherry a word uh, four years earlier when she met me that I was going to be her husband. She never wanted to get married again, so she was very resistant to that. The Lord did not tell me that, which I love how he deals with all of us in different ways according to where we are and the relationship that we have with him and how we will allow ourselves to hear him. Uh, But the long and short of it is, I thought I was protecting my heart all of this time, and the Lord revealed to me I was actually operating in fear. And I don't bow down to anything or anyone other than the Lord uh, when I know he's speaking to me. And once I realized that he had shown me that, I, I knew how much I had loved her. I knew she loved me. I didn't want to do life without her. Um, and we ended up going to a, a park and we married each other on the 15th of May at the park and kind of just kind of kept that to ourselves for a while so that we could, we didn't actually live together for about three months after we got married. Our, our children didn't know it. Our church didn't know it. We just wanted to take the time for ourselves to to enjoy what the Lord had done in us, uh, coming from the backgrounds and the hurt and pain we had come from, from prior marriages. But she is an amazing woman. She loves the Lord. Um, you know, she raised five children, for the most part as a single mother, working, having businesses, and pursuing the Lord. Uh, so I saw the diligence of her heart. I knew he was the first love of her heart. And that was important to me because I didn't want ever to be married again where either one of us got our identity from the relationship. Our identity only can come from the one who created us. And the beauty of that is when you know that, truly know it as revelation knowledge in your heart, you can't be hurt. You can't be offended. Um, It doesn't matter what anybody else does or says to you or about you because nobody has the ability or right to define you except for the love of God that was the genesis of our lives. So it has been an amazing relationship. You know, we already were best friends before we got married, so it's just growing from there. Um, We've been able to bless, you know, other people because of the the relationship that we do have and teach to that, what I was saying about identity and relationships uh, and helping establish people and really what needs to exist already prior to getting married. You know, a lot of people get married and they're getting to know each other. Not a good idea. You should know each other. You should already have a best friendship 
with the person who's going to be your spouse before you enter into that covenant relationship, uh, which mirrors we're the bride of Christ, right? So that marriage union mirrors the marriage union relationship we have with the Lord to begin with. Um, and she is just a blessing to everybody. Well, John, thanks for sharing. And, and uh, you know, in your audience, I'm thinking about if there are any young people who have yet to be married, I really pray that what John said sinks deep into your heart because the most important thing God is looking for in a marriage relationship is that you truly have to be best friends. And one thing I do want to point out and I've said this to some people before, it's not a matter of just loving your wife. In order to have the type of relationship God wants you to have with a wife, the word cherish has to be brought up. It's cherishing your wife and putting her above any other person in your life, in this world. Obviously, you put God first. But John, our time has run out. And my gosh, I know I will have you back next year when we come back, but I will never close a podcast without giving anyone an opportunity to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. If there's anyone listening to this podcast and God is tugging on your heart, if you've never made the decision to receive Jesus, I ask you, please repeat this prayer after me today. Father God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to earth. Jesus, thank you for setting an example for us that even though you spent your entire 33 years here on earth and tempted in every area, as are we, you chose not to sin. Thank you that you were willing to die on a cross for each one of us listening to this podcast today. All of our sins have been forgiven because of your sacrifice I thank you for that. I invite you to my into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. Let's close. I'm going to close with a blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Please join me again tomorrow as we further explore wisdom today.